Welcome to the Merge Podcast. The Merge is the student ministry of the First Baptist Church, Barnwell, South Carolina. The mission of the Merge is to equip students to love God and His people. Here is student pastor Ryan
Jesus, and for um, everything that you've done, God, we just lift you up. Um, and as we go into this time of learning more about you, Father, I pray that every heart is open, every spirit is open to um, what you want to teach us tonight, God. And we love you and we praise you forever and ever. Amen. On March 17th, we're going to enter into a, uh, about a 10-week series uh, to finish out the semester, finish out your school year and our time here at the mix for the year. Talking about vintage Jesus, exactly go, well, going back, picking up the word of God, and answering some questions that I think that you guys probably have about this guy named Jesus. And we're going to be talking about things like, was he really God? How human was Jesus? Why did he have to come from a virgin? Why is that so important? What happened during the resurrection? Why should I believe in Jesus? Why, how do I really know he was exactly who he said he was? We'll be going through some stuff like that. And uh, I'm really, really excited about presenting that to you because I believe that it's going to relieve some of the questions that you may have about this guy that I stand up here every single week and I tell you to give your life to. This guy that I stand up here every week and I say, surrender to him and, and he will direct your path. And you, in your mind, are probably thinking back to me, surrender to who? I can't even see the guy. I don't even know what he looks like. And, and I have all these worldly people, all these other people telling me that this dude Jesus is crazy or that he's a liar and that there are many other avenues to heaven. And so, and so in a few weeks, in two weeks, or three weeks, we're going to start this series and we're going to be talking about these questions that you guys have about Jesus. And, and I'm excited about that. And I want to encourage you guys um, to invite your friends, people that you know uh, just don't understand this concept, this idea of following somebody that you cannot see and, and stuff like that. Invite them to come. But if you're going to do it, you've got to do the whole 10 weeks because it won't make sense unless you do. And that's March the 17th. In two weeks, on March the 10th, we're going to have a really special night. Uh, Miss Courtney Sisson, she is Miss Columbia, will be here, and, and she is going to be talking to the girls that night. Guys, here's the deal. Courtney is a beautiful woman, and, and the girls will get to spend time with her. Guys, you will be with me. And I'm sorry that I'm not as pretty as she is. Uh, but we'll be talking about some stuff. We're going to split you guys. Uh, the girls will be staying in here. Guys, we'll be going upstairs or maybe outside if it's nice enough. But uh, we'll be spending some time together talking about some stuff. And so I'm really excited about that. Uh, that's going to be a great night. That's in two weeks on March the 10th. All right? All right. Let's go to the, uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Father God. Lord, I just beg your spirit now, Lord, to join us in this place, God. I, I know that you have heard the worship that has been lifted up. I know you have heard the voices of those who sang. God, I know you heard their hearts. And so, uh, God, I believe uh, that because we're gathered here and we're gathered here in your name, that you are here now. So, God, as I, as I begin to deliver this message that you've given, uh, Lord, just let me be a clean vessel so that uh, your words can speak through me, God. Father, let your message be heard loud and clear tonight. God, I love you and I praise you. Amen. All right, guys. The heart, the heart is a muscular organ, okay? And, and you know a lot about the heart, right? The heart pumps blood to the body at an average of 72 times per minute. Oxygen and nu nutrients serve as the fuel supply to the pump and are carried to the heart in the form of blood that flows through these coronary arteries, Okay, the coronary arteries serve as a fuel pipeline to the heart muscle. But over time, fatty tissue and cholesterol can begin to build up in these arteries, which eventually will lead to a blood clot or an artery getting clogged. And once a clog has developed within the arteries, a person will then develop a high risk for a heart attack, or they may possibly even need surgery to cleanse out those arteries. 
in order to prevent a heart attack or to prevent having to have surgery. A person needs to eat right, needs to exercise, needs to get regular health checkups. They must keep the arteries cleaned so that the blood can flow purely to the heart without being blocked. The vessel must remain clean. For God to use believers as a vessel to get his work on the earth accomplished, we must follow a plan that will help keep us, his vessel, clean. And so tonight, I want you to turn with me, please, to 2 Timothy 2. And we're going to be looking at verses 16 through 22. And, and as you're turning there to 2 Timothy chapter 2, I'm going to give you some background of what's gone on in the life of Paul. Paul is writing this letter to Timothy. Timothy, at this point in time, is in a city called Ephesus. And he is the pastor of a church called the, uh, the Ephesus Church. And he's over a people called the Ephesians. Paul had been returned to a Roman prison. And uh, this is not the first time he'd been there. He'd been there many other times. But this time, Paul was in a cold dungeon. And, and everybody except Luke, yes, the one that wrote the book of Luke, everybody except Dr. Luke had abandoned him. Paul was lonely. And so he wrote this letter to his son in faith, encouraging Timothy to take courage. Paul wrote, wrote how thankful he was for Timothy and encouraged him not to be anxious or ashamed or fearful to testify about the Lord, even amidst the unsafe days of Emperor Nero's rule. See, Caesar Nero, the ruler of the Roman Empire at the time, hated Christianity, and he was looking to wipe it off the face of the earth. And so anybody that claimed to be a Christian, they were killed. This is when the fish symbol, y'all have heard this story, the fish symbol, this is when it came very popular because uh, to let each other know that they were Christians, a, a Christian would draw half of the symbol, and if that other person was a Christian, they would finish the symbol, and they knew that they could talk and uh, not be arrested or killed for it. That's when that became very popular. He wanted to, Paul here, he knew that because Nero was in charge, that Nero was the ruler of Rome, Paul knew that he would soon find death. He knew that he was soon going to be killed. So he therefore wanted to give Timothy key principles for continuing to minister to the people. He calls Timothy to disciple others, to endure hardship like a soldier, to be as disciplined as an athlete, and to work hard as a farmer whose goal is a great harvest. He is to be a workman that majors in the majors and correctly handles the word of God. And finally, he was to be a vessel, a clean instrument to be used for God's glory. And so tonight, we're going to talk about being a clean vessel for God's glory. If you'd look in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16, it says, it says, avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer or gangrene, as in case of Hymenius and Philetus. They have left, they have left the truth. They have left the, my Bible still, the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. So tonight, we're going to look at how we can remain clean vessels. And the first way that Paul says that we can remain clean vessels so that God can do a work through us, we first of all have to watch out for liars. Timothy, Paul says, was to avoid godless chatter because godless chatter only advances, the NIV calls it cancer, but in reality, it's gangrene. The medical image here that Paul is using is very striking because participating with those who engage in these terrible speculations, these telling of these lies, 
They are, they are, they are in the foundation. They are in the, the life of the church, okay? These people are serving in the church of Ephesus, and, and they, are, they are telling lies about Jesus. They're talking a lot, as you'll see in a minute, about his resurrection and saying that his resurrection was a lie and all this other stuff. And so Paul says, hey, if you allow them to stay in the church, if you allow, if, even if you yourself start listening to them, you will find yourself in trouble. So you need to treat them as if they are like gangrene. Gangrene, of course, is a terrible bacteria that can get into an infected wound it's a, and, and it'll start growing. We gain, we, we, uh, wet gangrene is a type of gangrene that we are most familiar with. This is wet gangrene right there. It looks dry, but it's really wet. We are familiar with it because old Western movies or war movies, uh, Civil War movies especially, or Revolutionary War movies, uh, they would have a scene when someone would get cut on the leg, and, and it would, uh, the leg would get infected and soon become gangrene. A doctor would then have to saw off the leg while they were biting on a bullet and drinking a bottle of whiskey. Wet gangrene is in fact caused by an injury such as a cut or open wound that becomes infected with a bacteria. The infection gets full of pus, and it does not drain well, blocking off the blood supply and the oxygen to that part of the body. Soon, all the tissue in that part of the body dies. If left untreated, the area will become shrunken and black and could continue to spread to other parts of the body. So in the times of Paul and Timothy, the church had become infected with false teachers and liars, and it was beginning to spread and Paul said, you got to stay away from them. And as a matter of fact, you got to cut it off. Paul is telling Timothy that those who are spreading false doctrine must be amputated if they fail to reconsider their teaching. Two men that had deserved this treatment were Philetus, about whom nothing is known in the Bible, and Hymenaeus, whom Paul had already in 1 Timothy, delivered over to Satan for chastisement. The two men here had wandered away from the truth. They had began uh, distorting doctrine of the resurrection. You see, back then, Greek philosophers, Greek thinkers, these people that thought they knew everything, they couldn't wrap their mind around the fact that Jesus really rose from the grave, mind, body, and soul. They believed instead that when you died, if you were resurrected, it was a spiritual resurrection. And so it was impossible for them to believe. And so they started teaching this to the other people in the church. And other people in the church began to believe this teaching. And that's why Paul says some of them had fallen away from the truth. They had lost their faith. So how do we watch out for liars? How do we, right now in this day, how do we watch out for liars? So that we can remain a clean vessel to follow Paul's teaching to Timothy and remain a clean vessel so God can do his work. The first thing that we have to do is stand firm on the solid foundation. Look at verse 19. Paul says, but God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. We have to remain on the solid foundation of God's word. The solid foundation that we have is the Bible. The Bible is, the, is God's love letter to us. It spells out everything that we believe in. It tells the stories of God's love for us, uh, that how he forgave us for turning against him by sending his son to die on a cross. It tells us that he has a purpose and a plan for each one of our lives. God's word is the truth, and there is no other truth in this world. So if the Bible teaches it, then we must believe it. Paul is saying in verse 19 that God's foundation stands firm. It does not shift. It does not change. It is an immovable force. But how do we know that what the Bible teaches is really the truth? How do we know that somebody didn't just make all this up? How do we know that we can believe in God's word?
How do we know that just because the Bible says Jesus is the only way to heaven, that that's the truth? The answer to that question and all the questions that you have about God, Jesus, the Bible, everything are answered in this way. If you are a believer, you will study. If you are a believer, you will study. And I know you hear that word study and you think, what? I have to study for school. I have to study for homework or I have to study for a test. The last thing that I want to do is any more studying. True. But it's either you study the word of God and you study things about the Bible. If you want to know if the Bible's true, go back and look at some literature things that happened in the past, how the, Bible, how the Bible was preserved over the time of history, how, how the Bible has been taken care of, how uh, scrolls have been found, and the only contradiction, in the, when the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, the only contradiction was two little letters, A and V, and it didn't change the meaning of the word whatsoever. If you want to know if this Bible is true and does not have errors in it, you've got to go back and look at it. Look at things other than the Bible to see how it was preserved. Man, there's story after story that I could tell you to show you, to get you to understand how this Bible has been preserved over time and why it's the greatest selling book of all time. But I want you to go find it for yourself. I want you to go look it up for yourself because some of you have so many questions about the Bible and how to know if you believe the Bible, but yet you just refuse to go and look at it on your own. Go look at it. Don't just come in here and listen to me. Don't just listen to Emily or these other adults. Go look. I might tell you something wrong. Go look. Because if you find out things on your own, if you see things for yourself, you'll believe it more. So instead of doing nothing, go and look and study, study about the Bible. That's how you begin to believe in the firm foundation. And, and when you know that, when you look at some of the stories about the Bible, and I'm really tempted to tell you some of them, um, but I'm not because I really want you to go look for yourself. And as a matter of fact, next, Sunday, next Wednesday night, for those of you that can come back with five facts about how the Bible was preserved over history, I'll give you 20 bucks each. Five facts about how the Bible was preserved over time. I'll give you 20 bucks each. And cash. I'm not talking about a Walmart card. $20 cash for you to do whatever you want to with. Go and check it out. Go and read about the Bible. So first of all, Paul says, in order for you to remain a clean vessel, you first have to stay away from false teachers. And you do that by standing firm on the foundation Foundation being God's word. In verses 20 and 21, Paul says this, to remain a clean vessel for God to do a work through you. He says this, in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for good work. Paul here is continuing to further his point about false teaching. And the image changes from a building standing on a firm foundation. It changes from that to a smaller household. In a large and varied household, there are all sorts of containers some are made of gold and silver and others of wood and clay. More importantly, some are for good purposes and some are for dishonorable purposes. And so clearly Paul here is talking about the church. He's talking about the people of the church. And he's talking to the people who are faithful to the church and to the people who are not faithful to the church. And he's saying here that if you want to be a good instrument for good purposes... You have to make sure that everything within you remains pure so that God can do a work through you. And so essentially, Paul is telling Timothy to be careful about who and what you allow to influence you. 
He's saying, be careful about who and what you allow to influence you. Stay away from false teachers because they will influence you in a bad way. To us today, Paul would say, be careful who you make your closest friends. Be careful who you make your closest friends. Some of you may be hanging out with people that you really shouldn't be hanging out with because our closest friends, they, they help influence us. Sometimes your closest friends will cause you to do things that normally you would not have done. I've seen many teenagers who have uh, been solid Christians up until about the age of 14 or 15, and, and then they start hanging out with the wrong crowd, and, and you never, ever see them again talking about God or caring about their relationship with God. You gotta be careful about who you make your closest friends because of the influence that they have on you. If, if you tend to hang out with people that believe that you can just do whatever you want, whenever you want, without your mom or dad's permission or, or without any thinking about what the possibilities that, that could happen to you for doing that, then you yourself are gonna live that way. You're not gonna care about what anybody says to you, you're just gonna do whatever you want because that's how your friends influence you. So be careful about the friends that you make. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful what you listen to. Guys, you've gotta be careful about some of the music that you guys listen to. Whether you realize it or not, that kind of, some of the music that is out there, and I listen to it. I listen to it all the time. And, and, and I don't listen to it to enjoy it. Let me make that very clear. I listen to it because I want to know what you guys are listening to. And some of the stuff that I've heard is pretty nasty. And, and it'll cause you to, to do some things or to think some ways that you shouldn't think. Even if you believe that that music's not influencing you, it really is. It can get in your mind and, and start singing it. I remember when that song by Katy Perry, I Kissed a Girl, I remember when it first came out. And, and I heard it on the radio one day. And later that day, I found myself walking around. Yeah, I kissed a girl. You know, I mean, I was all into it. And I'm sitting there thinking, I mean, it's okay for me to kiss my wife. Not just any girl. I can kiss my wife. But it's not okay for girls to kiss other girls. But they take, you, sometimes they, you, people use songs like that to try to make it okay. To influence you, to make you think that it's okay. And it's really not some of these songs, rap music especially, portray women in a way that is so degrading. Ludacris has a song where he talks about getting drunk, and he says, he says if I have one more drink, that I'm going to do something to you. Why are you going to think about a girl like that? That she's nothing more than a sex machine. You got to be careful what you're listening to, guys, because some of that music, especially guys, it will cause you to have an, uh, a view of women that is unrealistic. You got to be careful what you look at, because some of that stuff that you look at, especially looking at girls, it's just not real. It causes you to think of women as a piece of meat, and they are not that. They are God's workmanship, and they deserve respect. Anyway, that's my soapbox. Careful what you watch. Guys, I've said this before to, to the males. If you're watching internet pornography, if you're watching internet pornography, and I know right now how many of you are because you're all smiling, Every one of you guys, and, and the ones that are smiling just looked up like, whoa, dude. I was talking to my buddy over here. I'm really not smiling about that. Ain't that right? Pink shirt? Ain't that right? Hey, seriously, if you are looking at internet pornography, guys or girls, but especially guys, I'm going to tell you right now, that ain't the way it happens. Okay? That ain't the way it goes on. 
You're not, and I've said this before, you're not going to go to the doctor's office. The nurse is not going to come in to check your temperature and end up naked with you on the bed. It ain't going to happen. That's, that's not the way it works. And you may think that it's funny, but I'm serious. There are people that watch that stuff enough that they think that's how it's supposed to be. And, and they start brain, having themselves brainwashed to think that way. And that's where rapists and all that stuff comes from. You wonder why child, child abuse is so bad? It's because men think that that's how girls are supposed to be. And if they can't get it from an older woman, they're going to go find a little girl and take it from her. It's serious stuff. You got to be careful what you're watching, especially if you are a believer in Christ Jesus. You can't watch that stuff because you will not go out there and try to find a wholesome woman to marry. You'll go out there and try to find somebody that you can treat like a hooker. And that's not the way God designed marriage. Marriage is not just about sex. It's a lot more than that. So you got to be careful what you're looking at. Be careful what you're watching. Even on TV, and we've talked about that, especially on television. There's tons more of, of these things that I could go through about things that influence you. But the point is this. If, if you allow these things here to corrupt you, God can never use you until you get rid of negative influences in your life. These things can be positive. You can have positive friends, people that encourage you and build you up, people that when you're having a problem and you're hurting for something, something's going on in your life, they can pray with you. You can have good music to listen to. Most country music, hey, hey, you know what? I don't listen to Christian music 24 hours a day. All right? I, I mean, it's good, it's positive, it's uplifting music, but I don't listen to it 24 hours a day. I don't walk around singing Kumbaya. I mean, I love classic rock. And so I listen to stuff like Skinner. I listen to Marshall Tucker Band. Me and Emily were coming back from somewhere the other day, and I was listening to a radio station, I guess out of Augusta. And, and man, every song, classic 70s song that came on there, I knew every single one of them. I love that kind of music. It's good music. Not always the best influential type of music. All right? And I'm careful about that. I'm careful about the bands that I say, that's my favorite band. Of course, nobody compares to you too. But you've got you've to just be careful of what you're listening to. But there's positive stuff there. There's positive things that you can watch on TV. Not much, pretty much Scooby-Doo might be about it. But hey, sports sometimes. But there's positive things that you can watch on TV. And don't be cracking on Scooby-Doo. Paul tells Timothy that if he stays away from people and things that can corrupt him, then he could be a great vessel for noble purposes that he can be made holy, useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. So I'm saying the same thing to you. If you allow yourself to be influenced positively and make yourself a clean vessel, God can use you in a great way. Second thing that I want you to see that Paul tells Timothy about being a clean vessel is watch how you conduct yourself. Verses 22 and 23, Paul says this, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue a righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. The NIV actually there, um, the NIV, uh, there's a little, uh, now hear when I say this, it's not the Bible that's wrong, it's the one that put it to this NIV, the printer, kind of messed up here, okay? There's a period after peace, or is it a comma? I don't know. Anyway, there's a period there after peace, and there should not be. 
that sentence should flow better, okay? And it should say, really, uh, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, peace, enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with heart, with pure hearts, okay? And I know that's not a huge difference, but in, it, it can be. It doesn't change the meaning, but that is a little error there. Now, we'll go ahead and say this. God's word in its original form, there are no errors, nothing wrong with it, but I got to say that. So, anyway. So, Paul's telling Timothy here, watch how you conduct yourself. Watch, watch how you live. You see, Timothy was still a young man. He was about a couple years older than some of you, and he was the pastor of a church. And, and even though he was probably very mature beyond his ears, not ears, years, he, he might have still displayed some of the characteristics and passions uh, that teenagers throw out there. Timothy was maybe a little impatient, a little bit of prejudice in him. He loved to argue. Y'all like to argue? Yes. He may have been a little self-absorbed, and he might have shown favoritism. And, and so Paul's telling Timothy here, Run away from these desires. Run away from them. Don't go anywhere near them. Stay as far away from these kind of desires as you can. And Paul here is not referring to sexual desires, okay? He's talking about just conduct. He's not, when he says lustful, he's not talking sexual, okay? He's talking about uh, just things that you would have done that you shouldn't be doing anymore. And he says, instead, pursue the opposite of those things, Instead, live a life of righteousness, righteousness, faith, and love. Stay away from foolish and stupid arguments. And so Paul would say to you that in order to be a clean vessel, the first thing you have to do is flee from the evil desires of youth and pursue the opposite. And you do that by, number one, live a righteous life. And this simply means live a life, live a life full of good morals and values, an honorable life. It means that you live a life where your decisions are not based on your needs Thank or you your wants, but it's based on what more God wants for about you. The Merge Student Ministry. And here's a way you can look at it, guys. In life, every decision that you make, it will either have a gain or it will have a pain. One of the two. And so when it comes time for you to make a decision, when it comes time for you to decide whether or not you were going to, okay, let's go into this example. Um, say you're in a relationship and your boyfriend or girlfriend, but mainly your boyfriend, is pressuring you to do some things sexually that you believe really you shouldn't be doing. You need to step back. You need to step back and you need to ask yourself, what do I gain by doing this? Excuse me. What do I gain by not doing this? And what are the pains that I'll have if I do? So here's three things for you. Number one, if you're trying to make this decision, and you decide, you're listing out the gains and the pains for making, deciding whether or not you're going to sleep with your boyfriend or do some sexual things with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Here it is. One of the gains would be because you waited and you found someone who is willing to wait with you, then you will marry a more quality person. You will marry somebody, ladies, that will respect you because that's who you're looking for. You make the decision, I'm a virgin. I will remain a virgin until I get married. And I will remain a virgin in all ways, sexually. Okay? And y'all know what I mean by all ways. And you make that decision, and then you're going to go out, and you're going to look for a guy that believes the same as you do. So that, so that you're not tempted by some nutcakes, and all he wants to do is jump in the sack with you. And more than likely, what's going to happen is you're going to find a more quality guy to be with. 
Somebody that's going to love you for the right reasons, not just because you're sleeping with him. Another gain is you'll understand that sex is more than just an act where you momentarily feel good. Girls, for you, you may never feel good because for you, sex is an emotional connection with a guy. And if you don't have that emotional connection with him, it ain't gonna mean squat to you. Do you want a guy that's just gonna use you for a little while? So one of the gains is that sex is, is more than just a momentary feel-good moment. And when you get married and you have sex with your husband or your wife and you experience how beautiful it is because you're doing that with somebody that you love intimately more than just on a sexual level, it's a love that it cannot be expressed by words. The third gain is this, you will feel a closer, more intimate bond with your husband or wife. And this type of bond leads to a feeling of security in the marriage and the ability to work through issues in the marriage will become more simple. Those are some gains. Here are some pains. You could get pregnant. You could be 13, 14, 15, 12, whatever, pregnant. Do you want to have a baby right now? No, I hope not. Some of you are still children. You're not even teenagers yet. Why would you want to have a kid? You don't even know how to take care of yourself. Anyway, that's a pain. Another pain, because you get pregnant, you could end up marrying the guy or the girl. And you miss out on who God really had in store for you. And you end up in a miserable marriage ending in divorce or abuse or something like that. That's a pain. A third pain, possibility of contracting an STD goes way up if you're sexually active, not just with sexual intercourse, but with everything that goes with it. Number four, low self-esteem could be a pain because you feel like the only reason this guy or this girl is sleeping with you is because that's all they want from you. That's all they look at you as. Think these things through. All these decisions, not just with sex, but with any decision that you make, a pain and a gain. A person chasing after God's heart and desiring to live an honorable life will go to the Bible first to find out what the Bible says about that situation. And if you still have a hard time understanding why the Bible says you should go that way or do that, then you list out your pains and your gains. And when you do that, you're thinking logically and clearly. And you make the decision, I'm not going to do this. And you make that decision and you tell that guy or you tell that girl when you enter into the relationship, this is not going to happen. And if he breaks up with you, then you know why he wanted to go out with you. I know of girls in this room right now that had guys break up with them because they, the guy knew he went, she wasn't going to do nothing. Hey, she's better off for it. Pains and gains. Second thing Paul says is live a faithful life. I got to hurry. I've taught way too long. I'm sorry. Hannah's already asleep. All right. Paul says that the righteous person will live a life of faith. And this means that when it comes to making hard decisions, that you set your desires to the side to see what God may want from you. Are you getting the path here? For example, when choosing a college to attend, a person of faith will step back and pray about where God wants them to go. Because if you, if you do what you want to do, then you may miss out on something that God has in store for you somewhere else. Let me give you an example. Say you're trying to choose between Clemson and Carolina. You desire, your desire has always been to go to Carolina. And, and your blood just flows maroon, man. That's, that's the only way you can go is Carolina, all right? And, and so, so that's where you want to go, but you get accepted to both Clemson and Carolina. And, and as you're sitting there and you're reading the letter, you're like, yeah, man, I'm going to be a Gamecock. I don't know why who'd want to be a chicken. But anyway, I'm going to be a Gamecock. Woohoo! yeah, bark, bark, okay? And, and you do that little rooster call and you run around the house. Man, you're so excited. But then deep inside of you, you know there's something inside of you that says, 
this is great, but you're really supposed to go to Clemson. And you think, man, oh God, I don't want to, ugh, ugh, orange and purple, ugh, that's not my color. But there's this, you're a Christian and you're trying to follow God's will. And there's this deep, deep voice within you that says, you've got to go to Clemson. A person of faith, knowing that that's where God wants them, would go to Clemson. And again, you list out the gains and the pains for it. Yes, one of the pains of going to Clemson, well, there are none. And, and so then there are all the gains, right? <clears throat> the gains could be that you can meet the person that you're going to marry and spend the rest of your life with. Another gain may be there may be somebody there who is lost that needs you to come into their life and help save them. I mean, there's all kind of gains there. You may go to Clemson and realize, man, that, this is the career that I want. And Carolina didn't even offer this. Of course, I think all Carolina offers is, uh, anyway, going to jail. I said it. I said it, going to jail. Because that's where most of them end up. I'm just saying they go to jail. I said it. All right, so, so but a faithful person keeping themselves clean, a faithful person, God can do a work in them. And finally, Paul says, live a life of love. Paul simply states that if you desire to be a vessel that God can use, you must live a life of love. You must live to serve others. That's what it's about. Love God, love people. Guys, I beg you, I beg you, be careful. Be careful. If you are a Christian, if you're saved, be careful about who you listen to, about people that try to lie to you. You've got to know the word of God. You've got to study it. You've got to look at it. You've got to be in it. You've got to pray. You've got to think about making decisions based on what God wants you to do by listing the pains and the gains of what, what could happen. That's what life's about. And I know I'm probably boring you out of your mind, but I, I promise you guys, I promise you, you do not want to end up screwing up your life at this young of an age. And I'm not trying to lecture you. I'm trying to help you stay out of trouble. And I'm trying to get you to understand that, that you've got to list out these gains and pains. Because if you don't, you could really find yourself in a world of trouble. Some of you that mom and dad can't even get you out of. You've got to think that way. We're going to go to a time of prayer now. We're going to play a video, kind of like we did last week. Not a video, a song. Kind of like we did last week. And uh, if some of my EXL leaders would uh, come up and stand up here, I think maybe Dudu's the only one here. And Carly and Anna. Y'all come on up here. And Claire. Maddie. Maddie's on her way down. Hey, I want, I want you guys, y'all do like you did last week, and just kind of line up here. And uh, just stand right here on the floor. Yeah, stand right here on the floor. Kind of spread out. Spread out. Hey, guys, if you have something on your mind that's just bugging you, if, if something in the message tonight has kind of caught your ear and something that's just eating at you and you really want to pray with somebody but you don't want to talk to an adult, here they are. Come and pray with them. And I said this last week. Uh, they will not go off sharing with everybody what's going on in your life. I promise you that. I promise you that. They know better. Okay? What? Okay. So, if you want to pray with somebody, if you just want to talk to somebody, man, come up here and grab one of these and just talk to them. If you want to talk to an adult, we're up here, we're around the room, grab an adult, talk to them. But do this for me. Don't, don't talk to your neighbors right now. Just spend a little bit of time in prayer talking to God about whatever may be going on in your life. But if you want to pray with somebody, here they are. Thank you for listening to the Merge Podcast. For more information about the Merge Student Ministry, please go to www.mergestudents.com.